ょうがないなやっぱ女だから申し訳ありませんな男だったらもっとはっきりしとって負けたら負けたでなそれとか女だったらいつかいや関係ないって関係ねえやっぱ釜つけてこいってな今いくらでも手術できんだからな設定貸してこいって So, I don't know how familiar you are with Japanese TV shows, Jim, but do you have any experience or any memories of seeing like crazy Japanese TV shows or game shows or anything like that? Yeah, I've seen a ton of them. Like, I, the, what is it, Takashi's Castle? Oh, you've seen that, yeah. I've seen that. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen the one with the elevator. The elevator. Where it looks like they fall through the floor, like、oh. they're answering trivia or something. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. That's like a common thing, yeah. All right. What else? I've seen the weird game show one where it's slightly almost vulgar, where like they have like hot girls on it and they're trying to like almost, like they run like weird obstacle courses or do like weird challenges.、Mm-hmm. Like the, I, I remember specifically there was one with a bug. Yeah. There was a bug in the middle of a tube and the girls were trying to shoot the bug. With breath into each other's mouth. Oh, I haven't seen that, but it sounds very like typical. It's something that I could easily imagine seeing at any time here. <laughs>、yeah. We've talked about this before because of the licensing copyrights of the music. I can't see a lot,、right. but man, I would watch that shit all day. Okay, so there's this show in Japan, and this is going to be a little bit of a long winded story, and it's got a long history, and it's been running for like, I don't know, 20, 25 years now. But it's a, one of the greatest things I'd ever seen when I saw it for the first time. Okay. And,、uh, you know, eventually you get used to it and then you get, you know, kind of like bored of it because you know what it is. And, you know, but in the beginning, it really, really, really blew my mind. Okay. So there's a TV show and the Japanese title is Gakki no Tsukai. And basically, it's a bunch of guys. Fooling around and doing things that teenage boys would do. Okay, that's kind of what the show's premise is. It's on every week, it's on for about 30 minutes, and then they build up every year to like have these ridiculous contests. And then the losers of the contests are forced to go into this show, which is the year end special. And the year end special is very simply it's a don't laugh game. Okay, they were doing this like 20 years ago. Oh, like Silent Library? So these guys also created Silent Library. It's the same show. Okay. They created Silent Library, but it's much worse <laughs> than Silent Library. Okay. And so what it is, is they go onto a set. It's a, not even a set, it's like a real, like a, they put them in a world. Okay. So just imagine there's five guys, usually five guys, and they go in the world. And they have to take part in all the things that go on in the world. And so I'm going to give you the very first big one that I saw, the big episode that I saw that really blew my mind. Okay. So the very first one, the five guys are involved in is a hospital. Okay. The world is a hospital. So they, the show starts and they first have to change into hospital clothing. And so each one of them is dressed up as a nurse. Okay. It's not like a sexy、right. nurse. Like it's a little bit strange, but like, okay. So they're wearing nurses' clothing. Now, once they enter the premise of the hospital, the premises, once they've entered, they can't laugh. Okay. And they have to do whatever's asked of them. And if any one of them laughs, the show stops and a bunch of guys come out from behind wherever the production. Crew is with these huge ass bamboo sticks and they whip them on their ass as hard、oh、as they、God. can. <laughs> okay, it is fucking brutal. Okay, so the hospital show, for example, for example, they 
enter the hospital. They're dressed up as the nurses. They enter the hospital. And the very first thing they have to do is go to the reception for emergencies. Okay, so they go to the reception for emergencies. And there's all these like fake patients and there's fake doctors, and the doctors are giving like ridiculously like stupid medical advice, and they are trying their best not to laugh. Like you have to not laugh, right? Like so, a guy will come in, he's bleeding down his face, and he's limping, and the doctor goes like, "Oh, just put ice on that," <laughs> and then like you know like stuff like and so, <laughs> and so you have to try your best not to laugh. When you see something like that, and they do such a fucking good job of creating scenarios and doing all these things to make them laugh. And so it becomes, you know, very difficult for them not to laugh. And you at home, you're laughing. You're laughing because they're trying not to laugh. And then you get the joke as well. Okay, so on this show, the very first time Masahiro Chono made an appearance was he appeared as the head of the hospital. Okay, (laughs) so they have this big elaborate entrance ceremony, all the nurses and the doctors, like there's hundreds of people out there. They're doing a morning stretch routine like they used to do in Japan like a hundred years ago. And then they have a morning kind of like a school assembly, right? So in the morning, they say, today we're going to focus on this and this and this and this and this. And then the host says to everybody, the head of the hospital lost his most favorite handkerchief. And so the head of the hospital, they, they announce who the head of the hospital is. Chono comes to the front and he screams out, God damn. <laughs> and they go, and he goes, I want my handkerchief back. And so then the host says, all right, everybody out there, please put your hands in both pockets and remove what's in your pockets. And if you find this handkerchief, please come to the front. Okay. So one of those guys who was one of the five in the team, the weakest of the guys, they planted it on him in his outfit from the beginning, okay. like from the get-go. So he's got the handkerchief. He comes up. He's like, oh, no. Oh, no. And so he takes out the handkerchief. And then they announce that he has to come to the front. And Chono's going to discipline him in front of the entire audience. Comes to the front. Chono's huge and imposing. And Chono grabs him. And he goes, in my world, discipline is, they call it a binta. It's like a slap in the face. Just like Inoki does. Exactly right. the same thing. So he said, in my world, discipline is a binta. So he grabs a guy to give him a slap, but the guy is so fucking petrified. Like he's screaming and crying and begging for his life. And he's like, no, 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 no. And he's like going on and on. And now the other guys can't stop laughing. So every time they laugh, his slap gets like put on hold. They get hit with bamboo sticks and then they restart the scene again. And so it continues on oh. and on and on. It went on for like 20 minutes. Okay, so it went on for 20 minutes, and then finally he takes a slap. Everybody's dying of laughter, and Chono's appearance, like in the middle, the guy's begging so much. Chono goes, is it okay if I don't slap him? And then the TV host is like, no, 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 you got to slap him. So then he slaps him, and from there, Chono becomes like a part of this show for, I want to say, the next 15, 20 years. Every year in the year-end special, they figure out a way to get Chono involved in the story where he's going to come and slap that same guy. The same guy, the same situation. And every year, it gets more and more and more complicated. Okay, so the next year, the situation is they have an event at a hotel. And so they're all dressed up as like people who work in a hotel. And while they're in the hotel, two little kids 
run down the hotel lobby and they run right into that guy and they <laughs> smash their ice cream, like ice cream cone, into his crotch. Okay. <laughs> And and the girl falls down and she's crying. Oh, you ruined my ice cream! Oh, you ruined my ice cream! As like a little kid, little kid, right? And all the other guys are like laughing, like, "What the hell is this?" So they're all laughing. They ignore it. Continues on and on and on and on and on for about like two hours. Like they still like the show is six hours long. The broadcast is six hours. They film for twenty four hours. Holy <laughs> shit! Yeah. Okay, so the show goes on and on and on, and then. In the middle of the show, like in hotels, they have an event in the hotel space, like in the whatever, the theater room or the conference room or whatever. So they have a theater show. And while they're having a theater show, the two little kids come running into the uh, like the auditorium. They see the guy, that weak guy, and then they scream. They run out of the room. They go back out. They call their dad. And they go, that's the guy. That's the guy. And then Chono's music starts. <laughs> Chono <walks in> <laughs> <laughs> everybody's dying they know he's gonna get it right and so they do they create these fucking incredible incredible stories for chono to get that guy every year and one of the best ones well there was a, a couple of really good ones but one of the best ones i'd ever seen was they had a statue like it was a i don't know what you'd call it it was like a a square brick a huge brick and then chono announced we've got technology to find out who the bad guy is so he presses a button and the statue starts crumbling. Like it starts carving itself and it carves itself as one of the other five members. Okay. So not okay. that guy. And this guy, mind you, he's been getting slapped every year for like 10 years consecutively. So it's the face of another guy. And so Chono looks confused. That guy looks confused. Everybody looks confused. The other three are laughing. They get hit with a bamboo stick. And so they bring the guy to the front that's supposed to be slapped, the new guy. And as Chono's about to slap him, the director for the show goes, hold on, hold on, hold on. There's a mistake. You're supposed to press the button twice. So he presses the button again, and automatically the statue starts carving itself again into the face of the guy who always oh, gets slapped. No and everybody's shit. like dying of laughter. That's oh. incredible. <laughs> it, was, oh, oh, it was so great. Another time they had the goal of the show was they were supposed to fight against alien invaders. Okay, They were supposed to fight against alien invaders. So somehow the guys are on the show and Chono is like the head of the training for the human forces to fight against the alien invaders. So he said, Chono comes out and he goes, <laughs> Chono comes out and he goes, there's a traitor amongst us humans, right? And so he goes, bring the alien. So they bring out the alien, the alien's in a cage. And then he says to the alien, he speaks to the alien in Japanese. And he goes to the alien, he goes, tell me who's the traitor. Tell me who's da-da-da. And the, the alien looks at Chono, he goes, Jose, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> and so the guy's name's Jose. <laughs> and he goes, what? He goes, Jose, my friend. And he keeps repeating the same phrase over and over and over. Everyone's dying of laughter. So then Chono brings it to the front and they get in the slap. Like every year, it's just how is Chono going to figure out a way to slap this guy in the face. That's the entire segment with Chono involved. And it's, I would argue, the most funny segment of the entire show. I'm doing it no justice. When you see it, <laughs> you'll love it. This whole show is fucking incredible. And so I've seen so many gags on that show that I thought were super ingenious, super, super. And I know you'll love it. I know the audience will love it. 
The show is called Gaki no Tsukai. So if you write that in English, you'll probably get some search results on YouTube. And one of the things that I think that they do really, really well is they approach humor from a way that's very different from how North Americans approach humor. And so for that reason, forget about the humor itself. Just you never thought about jokes being derived that way. And you never thought about the viewing experience being that interactive. And they don't, they don't like, I don't know how to explain. Like, you know how we had the punked? Punked is like just making someone angry and you laugh because they're frustrated and irritated. But there's two sides to this. Like sometimes they're trying to fr frustrate and irritate somebody, but there are other guys there watching and laughing that frustration. And the elaborateness of the joke telling or the depth of the joke telling, because it's across a 24-hour period. And sometimes the jokes run years and years and years long. Like this Chono thing just continued year after year after year. Once you get into that, it's hard to explain like just how clever the storytelling and the joke telling is here. It's very, very good. Very, very good. And that put Chono on the map. And that made him a national star in Japan. He was, of course, already well-known in wrestling. He was one of the three musketeers along with uh, Hashimoto and Muro. But this put him on a totally different stratosphere. My kids, my grandparents, everybody here knew him through that show because that show was broadcast, that special was broadcast on New Year's Eve from 6 all the way through to midnight. And so it's a big deal. Big, big deal. That's crazy that like it's on that long. Yeah. It, it, you know what? If you watch the show, you'll realize why it has to be. There's no way you could broadcast something that deep and only give it like 10 minutes of airtime. There's no way. There's no fucking way. It's just way, way, way too involved. Just the intro of the show. Like just saying, all right, what we're going to talk about this week is like 30 minutes. <laughs> I wish they could somehow have a streaming service where I could just watch all the crazy game shows and stuff. Okay. So with that said, Jim, I'm curious, what are your thoughts about Chono? When I think about Chono, I just think about him slapping that guy every New Year's Eve. That's the first thing that comes to mind more than his wrestling, more than anything. I know that's not what you think, but what do you think of Chono? Yeah, I think of, I, I don't think of like the NWO and all that stuff. I mm. like, because my first experience with Chono was obviously Tapes and Fire Pro. So like right. when, when New Japan was crazy stiff, like, I remember that fucking Yakuza kick and he fucking oh. knocking people's fucking heads off. It was yeah. Brutal. Yeah. And, I, and I remember the first, like, he's the first person I remember using the STF. Right. So I thought that, I thought that was super cool. Mm -hmm. Like, he just had, he just had a good look. And obviously, I didn't understand the language, but he just commanded a presence in the ring, even when he was, you know, doing interviews or stuff. Like, like people, like I know it's part of the work, but people looked legitimately intimidated by him. Yeah, his in-ring work was not outstanding. Like his coordination or his athleticism wasn't fantastic, but you're right. His aura, his mic appeal, his moves themselves were good. And so I thought he was quite good. Like in, his matches are good, even though he does, he's not like a John Morrison or anything like that, but he's, he's still, he's got something about him that's very good. And he's stiff. He's stiff, which helps. He's stiff. Yeah, but that that that's that New Japan style, so right. he fits right in. Yeah. Okay, so that's your first thoughts of uh, Chono. What about China, the other person in today's match? I guess you're much like me in that I wasn't a fan. I didn't think she did anything well. She made Chono look very coordinated, generally speaking, 
her moves in the ring, her believableness as a character. <sighs> she looked good in the ring against cruiserweights, but you put her in the heavyweight, she loses all her advantage, and then she's just not coordinated. I, I was never a big fan of hers at all, in the DX and all that. I didn't like any of that. What do you think? I think that she could have had a monster run if they really wanted to elevate a woman's title and they just never really cared about it when she was around. Right. And I, I think that, you know, it was weird. It was believable, but weird when they put the IC title on her. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was the IC. Was it the IC yeah, it was, title? Yeah, it was. It was. Right. It's correct. That's and, correct. And they were actually going to put the world title on her. Oh, that's interesting. They, they didn't want her to do Playboy. Uh-huh. And there was some there was some story that if she would if she didn't do Playboy, they were going to put the strap on her for a little bit, and she's like, "No, I'm doing this." Oh, th- and, mm. th- and that's kind of and it's odd to think that's the yeah. breaking point, con- considering it was the Attitude Era. Yeah, yeah, that's strange. Yeah. That's very strange. But I think, but I think that you know she was solid as a bodyguard, mm-hmm. and I think she played that role well, like like your Mister Hughes mm-hmm. or. Big Bubba Rogers, like that kind of character. And I I didn't really see a need to make her be a main person like they tried to do. You know, I think we talked about it before, and I should preface this by saying one of the greatest female, one of the greatest wrestlers ever. My One of my favorites is Manami Toyota, male, female, doesn't matter. She's so fucking stiff. She does everything so believable. She's outstanding. But China's work... I don't know how to say this other than to say it looks soft. It doesn't look like she hurts people with anything she does, even though she's big and powerful and muscular. To me, it just doesn't come across as rough and aggressive. And I don't know if that's because she's a woman or if that's because she's trying like Lance Storm not to hurt anybody or if she just is not tough. Like, I'm not sure what it is. Did you get that same feeling? Oh yeah, like one of my notes for the match is Luger clothesline. Like that's yeah. our go-to, right? right like right. she does a she does a Luger clothesline. Like I just don't think she doesn't she doesn't I think it's hard to go, okay, you're going to go from wrestling females to wrestling males and you really would have to change the way you wrestle. Right. And I think there's very I think there's very few people that can do that. Like I know, I know like Joey Ryan's a piece of shit and I don't know if we'll ever do the match, but like world's cutest tag team versus the young bucks. Mm -hmm. Like when you see Candice LeRae in that match, she's fucking amazing. Uh. And like, and like, because she can wrestle, she could wrestle any, she literally could wrestle anyone. And there's, there's a few people now that can do it. Mm Mm-hmm. Like like Tessa Blanchard, like I know she's had a falling out with all the yeah. leagues, but she's very good in those matches and impact. Uh, and, I, and obviously, it happens in Lucia all the time. Mm-hmm. Like like, but she just didn't have, she just didn't have it to wrestle like that. Agreed, I agree. She just didn't have it. I agree. She just didn't have it. With that said, this week's match, I was kind of surprised before the match starts. And I'm not saying this in a kind of sexist way. Here, 
she looks the best I've ever seen her. Agreed. Do you know what I mean? Right, right? I'm no, crazy, 100%. Right? Yeah, she looked fucking fantastic. This is the point at which the WWE had cut her because she was the third wheel in the relationship between Triple H and Stephanie McMahon and all that kind of like, I don't know what was going on there. It was all personal related issues. She got a bum rap. She got kicked out for basically being the ex-girlfriend, which is kind of fucked up. Yep. Yeah, and so they did her wrong. And then their inclusion of her in the Hall of Fame as like a, you know, to say sorry or to memorialize her was kind of strange because they only put her in as DX and then they never gave her her like her own spot or at least not yet. It's just kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. I don't think she did anything wrong. For God fucking, for God fucking sakes, Charmel fucking got in. Yeah. Fucking Booker T. Like, fuck that. Like, China should absolutely be in. Like, that's fucking ridiculous. Agreed. Agreed. I, yeah, I, they did her wrong. Like, I think that company really treated her bad. But this is right off of the heels of that. And so she's starting to make a name for herself outside of the WWF. Unfortunately, there's no game in town. There's no WCW. ECW has gone under. And what does she have? She only has Japan. And so she has to work this style. And she goes into the ring. And this week, she works with Chono on paper. It's a real fucking interesting match because you're curious how this is going to come out. And I was fucking intrigued, super, super intrigued before the match started. When I saw this, what did you think before the match going in? Yeah, I didn't know. I thought it would be, I thought it was interesting. Like I honestly didn't even know she did any matches there. So I was like, oh, when you said it, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Mm, Agreed. Agreed. I thought it was great. In her corner, that was also kind of strange. She comes to the ring. Super weird. Yeah, Wally this smile. I'm not sure why you have Wally this smile in her corner. And then Chono <laughs> comes to the ring with all Team 2000. And the commentators mentioned that this show was a series of matches of New Japan versus the world. And so each match was New Japan versus a foreign person. New Japan versus. So that was the kind of theme of the show. But I don't know what. I never ever saw Wally this smile again, I think, in New Japan. So I'm not, I don't know why they had him, but very strange, very strange. And then uh, w- one of the things that's kind of like really interesting is the match just gets like right underway, like right in the very, very early, early stages is like, I love how she jumps on Chono as soon as the match starts, starts pounding him and kicking him, even though it looks kind of soft, but I, she does her best to like hit him as much as she can. And when she gets off, Chono stiffs the fuck out of her so yeah he does (laughs) he's not having it not at all i love that interplay between these two i don't know if that's purposely done like he said to her all right give me a bunch of whatever you have and i'll hit you back hard every time or if he's feeling like hey you're too soft and he's trying to like lay into i'm not sure what the deal is but it looked so fucking good. It made me think she was in the ring with Kensuke Natsuchono. <laughs> oh, no. But yeah, I, I love that. I love that. I thought it was excellent. Yeah, I think I think she's coming in with that still that kind of WWE style a little bit. Right. right. And I think he's mm-hmm. not fucking having it. Right. Agreed. Agreed. And then she does a couple of things that are really cool. Like in the early, early stages, Chono grabs her, puts her in like an arm ringer, and then she grabs the top rope does a flip over, takes an arm drag, puts him down on the ground, then does like a wrestling, you know, that wrestling spot where they roll over your back. I guess you get points for that in amateur wrestling. Then she slapped Chono's back of his head like a couple of times as if to like give him like a schoolboy, like, you know what I mean? Like like, to rough him up the playground. I I thought it was kind of cool 
what do you think about that? Yeah, I think I think it's an interesting way to show that she's equal, and I think that's what they're trying to sell in that mm-hmm. moment. Like, com- like, come on, like, let let's go. Right, 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 right. And then at that point, the commentators mentioned in English in Japanese. Sorry, the commentators mentioned that Chono had said in his pre-match press conference that he respected China as a wrestler. He thought she was skilled, but he believed that women had no place in a New Japan wrestling ring. Now, this comment's super important. And I think it goes like over the head of most North Americans because in sumo wrestling in Japan, they consider the mat, it's called a dohyo, they consider the mat a heavenly place. And that's a sacred piece of land. No woman is allowed to step foot on a sumo mat ever, ever, ever. And so you don't have women getting on that mat for any reason whatsoever, either to fight or to referee or to clean even. They're not even allowed to clean that space. And so his comment went kind of deep and like talked about how women should obey the rules of their place in society. I thought it was very, very interesting. I guess if you don't speak Japanese, you don't get that. But he's trying to establish himself not as a heel, but as like a purveyor of keeping tradition per se. Yeah, and I thought lo- it was very interesting. Yeah, and look, like this isn't a made-up angle. Like the very first New Japan Pro Wrestling Women's Champion is going to be crowned like in a few weeks, right? Like they've right. never they've never had a woman's belt, right? They refuse to even considering all the talent that went through Japan. Those matches we saw with uh, Manami Toyota, Aja Kong, and uh, Akira Hokuto—they're well worthy. They're better than most Jap- New Japan matches. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. If you were going to ever have a title, it would have been in Japan, where a woman should have a championship. But no, they strongly refused. And you're right; it's coming up soon. So they've hesitated or they've dragged their feet for a long time because tradition's important here. So China working Chono in the Tokyo Dome is a big, big, big fucking deal. Big deal. But once they get back to standing. <sighs> China goes off the ropes and I I was shocked at how fucking hard Chono kicked her in the face. Yeah, he did. He fucking killed her. And I was impressed. Like she got up to no sell that kick, right? Like she's trying to show like how tough she is, but she's bleeding from the side of her face. You could see like Oh yeah, I have, blood I have written down <laughs> yeah. 701, Kenta kick no sell. Like yeah, like she like she eats it. She eats it. She eats it. And then she gives a lariat of her own. Uh, the first one was a good lariat. She gave a good lariat. The Luger ones come later. She gives a good lariat. Then Chono no sells it. And then from here, we could have had a great fucking iconic spot in this match. Chono goes and gives her an inverted atomic drop. Now, there's a couple of things here. One is, in Japanese, don't fucking ask me why. This is called the Manhattan drop. <laughs> yes, I knew that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Manhattan drop. What the fuck? Okay. Then, so he gives her the Manhattan drop. And when he gives her the Manhattan drop, unfortunately, either he carried her too deep or she has a poor sense of balance. I'm guessing it's both. She should have just stood straight up and no sold that like standing, but she fell to the ground and then she made a strange face and in a stadium of 50 fucking thousand people, there is no way, absolutely no way anybody's going to see your facials in 2002 because the te- camera technology is just not there right. for the live house to see facials. So it kind of let that spot down. They went to it again and again and again. And I thought it was a clever idea. 
let's keep doing the Manhattan drop or the inverted atomic drop. She'll no sell it every time. And then when she gets you with it, it's a big deal. I like the storytelling. The execution was piss fucking poor. What do you think? Yeah, it's a great, it's a great idea. Like even if you, if you just do it once, if it's done right, you can just move on from it. But like, it was never done right. Yeah, not once. Not one of the, he did it three times. Never once was it done right. I totally agree with you. Totally agree. It's a shame, a shame. Then from there, they do alternating abdominal stretches. And then, you know, the crowd, (laughs) you know, they're just like sitting there kind of quiet, kind of not really into it. And then, she gets out of the abdominal stretch, does a cartwheel into the corner. Nobody really cares at this point. But, you know, the crowd comes to fucking life after she does that cartwheel back elbow. Chono falls and his selling is so fucking good that, you know, yep. the crowd is like, oh, he's a danger. Oh, he, they started going, Ooh. but they didn't do that on the impact of her move. They did it on how he sold it. I thought that was very telling about how over he is and how good he is at selling. It's really, really great. Okay, then we have a messy spot. They go to the outside. <laughs> you know, he whipped her into the... It was a little bit like uh, there was some mess. There's a lot of messy spots. Yeah, there's a lot of messy spots. But okay, so then they come back in the ring and China, out of nowhere, spits in Chono's face, does two clotheslines and then hits the Manhattan drop and the crowd is now really, really into this match. What do you think about all that? Yeah, I was. Uh, what I expected to happen is she spits in his face and he fucking gives her a Yakuza kick and then that's a wrap. That's what I thought was going right. to happen. Yeah, I thought so too. But yeah, he, he took it and they keep going back and forth a little bit. Then Chono goes off the top with a flying shoulder tackle. Looks like he's about to win. And then from there, unbelievably... China puts him in an STF. Very nice touch. like Very nice. Oh, great. And she did it well. It looked yep. good. Looked real. Yeah, excellent. Excellent. And then out of fucking nowhere, boom, Yakuza kicks over. One, two, three. <laughs> it was like just done all of a sudden. Super weird. Super, super weird ending. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very premature. Like last week, we talked about having such a fucking fantastic finish. And the match may not have been the perfect match, but the finish was so fucking good. It made it outside. Here... You've got like this kind of weird buildup, unusual match, and then the finish is just fucking out of nowhere, flat, strange, very, very awkward. <sighs> you know, I don't want to say disappointed because I knew going in this is going to be something <laughs> weird. But what do you think overall about this? I thought it was okay. Like I, I wanted, I definitely wanted it to be more. Like I felt, I felt mm-hmm. like she was just out of place. Like I, I, I don't know if she didn't get time. Like I wish she could have got more time to train with Chono to like rehearse the match. Like I just, it, it was just disjointed the whole time. Like it's interesting, but like it's not good. <laughs> agreed, agreed. I think you're not going to like my comment, but I would have preferred at this time. Please remember, this is 2002. I would have preferred if Chono had did a handicap match with Mae Young and Mula instead. (laughs) That's terrible. Those two were on fucking fire. (laughs) Yeah, but those two, they took bumps like it was nobody's fucking business, and they did not hold back. And because they were in their 80s, 
it's okay that their offense looks weak. They're right. fucking 80, right? But the way China looks, it looks like she should be like a killer, but her offense looks weak. And so I think you could have gotten a better match out of Mae Young and Mula at this time, unfortunately. And I think this puts the this puts the end to her career, right? Because like if she has any Right. I think she did I read that she did like two or three matches. So like if she had a good yep. showing in these matches, mm-hmm. she she could have like done something with it. Yeah. But the fact that they're just like so meh. Mm that it that it just pretty much ended her career on a thought. Yeah, the business was also on a down cycle then. And so after these matches, she stayed in Japan. She taught English for a while, tried to get some local bookings, but really it's all dried up. And the amount of money she's looking for with her name status, kind of tricky. And so uh, she's just a victim of circumstance, unfortunately. And probably poor decision-making, drug abuse, mental health, all that shit didn't help her. You know what I mean? Unfortunately. Agreed. Okay, but at the very end, we get to the interviews and Oh, this is what I wanna know what I wanna know what Chono says after that. So go ahead. <laughs> okay. Before I tell you what Chono says, I can already hear you laughing in my head. <laughs> okay. I can already hear you. Okay, so China's mic work is fucking awful. Awful, awful, awful. Difficult to translate because she said stuff like, you know, somebody from the heavens is watching over you, but Japanese don't have a sense of like heaven and hell and like it's a little bit difficult to translate and you know like it doesn't come across well you know what doesn't you know what doesn't come across well when you're bleeding from your face and you say you whipped his ass that's what that's does, true too. that's what doesn't come across well yeah okay then oh. uh so chono they go to chono and they said to him you know china had just said in her post match that the three count doesn't mean anything and she thought that she didn't really lose. So Chono says, see, that's the difference between men and women. When a man loses, he accepts defeat and moves on. <laughs> women can't accept losing. That's why they shouldn't be a part of our sport. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very, very sexist, very over the top. But he did say in that interview, she deserves to be there based on merit in terms of physical ability and but like that those comments are the reason why women can't progress it was the kind of gist of his message wow <laughs> <laughs> yeah quite amazing quite amazing okay so i would say this match i want to say it's a dud but it's not a dud because it's just a viewing spectacle you can't take your eyes off of it not because it's a car wreck but because you don't really know like where it's going what's going to happen and you're kind of curious to see how it ends up and in the end you're like oh yeah that's kind of what it should have been so i can't say it was a good match but it definitely kept my attention throughout what would you say yeah i would agree with that like it's not it's not like a a death match where you're just waiting for something crazy to happen and that crazy spot's going to get you through the whole thing but like you really Mm. have no idea especially especially wrestling in strong style like you have no idea what she's going to do or if she's going to make it work at all. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Six Man Podcast. You can tag in with a DM. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to write to us at sixmanpodcast at gmail.com. For now, it's time to tag out. <laughs> <laughs>